Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on The Really Real Deal. And uh, as always, folks, it's a man's world theme here. And, uh, hey, we have a man's world author here. Uh, Joining us today is Tom Grace. And Tom has written the sixth in his um, series of thrillers with... um, former Navy SEAL Nolan Kilkenny, and uh, talk about a man's world, and uh, we want to say welcome to the program, and uh, thank you for joining us, Tom. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for opening up with James Brown. Oh. Never go wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I love James Brown, I tell you, and uh, you know, and, and you have um, so many um, of these books that, uh, and they just seem to be acclaimed uh, all over the place, you know. Spiderweb, Quantum, Dark Ice, Fatal Orbit, The Secret Cardinal, um, and the political thriller, The Liberty Intrigue. And uh, and so here now you have another one here, uh, Undeniable. And, uh, you know, share with our audience, if you would, uh, a little uh, for those that maybe uh, I'm sure some of our audience are already uh, Tom, Gray, Tom Grace fans and Nolan Kilkenny fans, but... Um, you know, a little background on uh, on how you came up with this character and what he's all about. Uh, Nolan's a guy from Michigan like me, and he went to the Naval Academy and then went on to be the SEALs for a, a short stint. And when he finished up his time at the Navy, he came back to Michigan to work on his doctorate in computer science, figuring to have a nice, quiet life. Well, no. <laughs> his life is very hectic. Bad things seem to follow him around. So while, while he was in that very first book, when we meet him in Spiderweb, he discovers these people who are infiltrating the university's research network system, where they do research on the university as well as with uh, outside companies. It's sort of a nice nexus where these industrial spies are stealing stuff from mm-hmm. companies and from the university and selling it to their competitors. So that's his first taste of industrial espionage. And that has him running all over the world against these uh, mm-hmm. British uh, pirates, basically, and you took that from real. You took that from real life, didn't you? I did. That one actually uh, came out when I was working for a, an architecture firm as an intern in Chicago, and we had to build a special room to do this joint venture that we were doing with IBM, where they were doing the hardware and we were doing the CAD system. And you know, we all had big open offices to work in, and they said, "Well, we can't have this. We can't have anybody just seeing this is a brand new prototype computer. You can't just leave it out on the floor." And I'll say I had to build a, car, a room with a card reader on it. So we, we showed them the room, and they thought it was all nice. And they said, well, you got to paint the windows black. I said, what do you mean? We're on the 14th floor of a skyscraper in downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they pointed at the building across the street and said, that's Xerox. They're the enemy. Mm-hmm. They were afraid of people shooting pictures. So they're worried about industrial spies, people stealing you know, their technology. And at about the same time, IBM um, was involved in an FBI sting with Hitachi, who was trying to steal an IBM computer mm-hmm. for the same purpose. They wanted to reverse engineer pieces of it so they could provide uh, equipment that would go with it and uh, shrink the time that IBM had a monopoly on that mm-hmm. computer and all the accessories, the printers, and other things that can go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an old saying that if you have something worth stealing, there's someone that wants to steal it. Absolutely, and that's what happens. Each, a lot of my books have some very high-tech components to them, and I explain enough about this advance in technology to explain why it's valuable and why people are willing to kill for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now your latest uh, Nolan Kilkenny, uh, again, you go to real science, um, and, and this time it's uh, genetic engineering. Yeah, we, um, we've... 
enjoy it. And if you watch any television, you'll see these CSI shows and NCIS and all. And they all have mm-hmm. the guys go out there with the swabs. They take evidence from the scene and they run it through the PCR machines and they come up with a profile, a genetic profile of the person who did it. And they're able to kind of you know, see, aha, there's the person who's the, the culprit. Mm-hmm. Well, in real life, the, the DNA tests don't tell you that. They tell you either you're, the, the person is either included or excluded from the group of people who could have left some DNA on the site. Mm-hmm. Now, we kind of trust this DNA is the modern, you know, the miracle of life. You know, it's this great molecule and everything. And if we trust the DNA test to come back with proper results. If the tests are done correctly, they're going to give us the truth, an objective truth about who left that DNA there. Mm-hmm. thing is, we're starting to use it for things like computer memory. We've been, we've encoded an entire movie in DNA. There's companies that are engineering things out of DNA. Mm-hmm. We're getting really good at manipulating DNA. Mm-hmm. DNA is now data instead of the, the molecule of life. Wow. We're looking at actually having computers that are run on. They, they estimate, given the, the storage capacity of DNA, that all the known knowledge in the world can be encoded in DNA, and it would fit in the size of a two-car garage, not in these acre farms that you see Google making or Amazon making, you know, wow. these huge server farms. But you could put it in a two-car garage. Everything that mankind has ever known, you know, that's petabytes upon petabytes of, of information. Wow. All encoded. So it's a really robust kind of molecule. Mm-hmm. But if it's nothing more than ones and zeros, really, you know, instead it's ACTGs, but it's still encoded data. And is this going inside a human being? Yeah, well, just this year, um, researchers in China and at the University of Oregon created a single-celled embryo. So this is a brand new human being. They made, made a test tube baby. And while it was still one cell, they went in and they knew the cell had a, a gene defect, and an, ed, uh, a, an error that they knew was in there because of the components they used to make this, this baby. Um, so they knew where it was, and they engineered a thing called a CRISPR, which is a piece of biology, basically, to go into the cell and rewrite that one piece. So it's just like a little subroutine in there. Um, I think in the case of the Chinese, it was because of the, they knew that this gene prevented you from digesting fava beans, so that this person couldn't grow up to be Hannibal Lecter because he couldn't have fava beans. <laughs> <laughs> but they went in there and they, they rewrote that piece, and then they let the, the embryo continue to develop, so it's split and split and split. You know, it keeps cleaving as... as brand-new babies do, and mm-hmm. after they had a whole bunch of cells there, they took some of those cells out and looked at them and said, ah, sure enough, the thing was gone. The, the, the error oh. was gone. They corrected. So they, they edited someone's genome. Mm-hmm. Now, with these DNA tests, they don't look at the whole genome. They look at 13 little pieces. It's like looking at the entire roadmap of the United States and looking at 13 off-ramps to determine which individual it is. Mm-hmm. We all have off-ramps, but you know, your 13 are going to be different than everybody else's 13. In wow. theory. Actually, they're not. They're a lot more common. Uh-huh. Um, even in the GNA database, you um, you could find multiple matches, you know, among mm-hmm. criminals, right? And also, but if you know what those thirteen pieces are, what's to stop you from, say, cooking them up in your own handy uh, laboratory and planning? PCR machine prices are dropping. All this the equipment is all dropping. The technology is dropping. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you know, computers. You know, they get cheaper and cheaper with each generation. Mm-hmm. Or you know. In the case, I didn't use this specific technique in my book, but you could create one of these single cell embryos and edit those 13 little CODIS points and then let that embryo grow up and implant it into a surrogate womb, and you'd have a baby in nine months that would pass a DNA test for somebody who didn't make the baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now think or about at that. least that, that 95 to 99% probability that, yes. it's that, that it is that person. And that's the, that's the basic thing, too, in terms of what I learned when I was working on the book, is that the paternity index, which they call it the probability that you are the father of the child, um, varies from state to state. So the same test could be used in two adjoining states, 
And in one state, you could be found to be highly probably be father, and the other one not. Wow. Now, Even though the, it's, the low end is 95% and the high end is 99.99. So the one's 99.9, that's a higher threshold that the test has to hit before they're going to automatically say, you're a daddy. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. How's that for spook? That's just, the law is just not wired that way. Yeah. You know, now, and of course, that's, that's one of the problems with that I explore in the book is the fact that our laws don't comprehend some of the stuff uh-huh. where, you know, Say you have a surrogate womb that's carrying the baby. Now, that's the birth mother, but that's not the biological mother. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, up until a few years ago, biological mother and birth mother were the same thing. Now they're not. Right, right. The law hasn't caught up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, how about, you know, same-sex couples hiring a, a, a sperm donor to mm-hmm. provide them material in order to have a biological child? Just at least one of them is the biological mother. Well, he's still the biological father, even though they signed off on his rights. There was a case in uh, Kansas mm-hmm. just recently where they hunted the guy down. Because yeah. their losses, the biological father and biological mother got to pay for the kid if the mom goes on welfare. Wow. And, all that. and he said, well, i got to hold harmless here. I mean, I'm just a material vendor. Yeah. No, so you Not under our law. Yeah, so you college kids out there that are trying to raise money by donating sperm at the sperm bank, be careful. <laughs> I don't know what they pay you for that, but it, it could come back to bite you. <laughs> yeah, got to look at the risk analysis there. Yeah, 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 especially if it's only a couple hundred bucks, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beer money's not worth a lifetime of yeah. unintended consequences. Yeah. Now, Tom, we have to take a quick break here. Would you mind holding over? Because this, this is fascinating, and, uh, you know, hopefully some folks will go out, and uh, if, if they're already uh, Kenny Kill, uh, Nolan Kill Kenny uh, fans, you know, of course they're going to buy the book, but we hope to get you some new fans. <laughs> I would love that, so I'd be happy to stay over. Okay. Well, all right, folks, if you're just joining us, we have Tom Grace uh, talking about his latest kit, Nolan Kilkenny thriller, Undeniable. We will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. <laughs> Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Listen as you 
unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. You gotta be Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio program. And uh, as we listen to a little bit of Des Ray there telling you, you got to be bad, you got to be bold. And uh, our boy, uh, Nolan Kilkenny, he's bad and he's bold. And uh, as is uh, our author here, Tom Grace. And Tom, thank you so much for staying over. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, of course... We have to ask, um, was Mengele and the things that the Nazis were doing, did any of that approach any of this? I know that there are, as a matter of fact, I have up on my computer here uh, a, uh, a a website from concerned scientists about the uh, the risks of engine, of genetic engineering. It, it depends on what your definition of a gene defect is. I mean, the Chinese are saying, you know, these people have this terrible allergy and this, this food, you know, that they're not allowed to do. It would be like going after a, a gene that prevents you from eating gluten, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you could say objectively that if I correct a genetic error, um, people can't process cholesterol, hypercholesterolemia. They start having heart attacks at 15. That's actually the thing that got me into DNA. I designed a gene lab to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that correcting that problem will be a, a, a significant good. Most people agree curing a genetic disease would be a significant good. But when you start using it for saying, I want all my kids to be blonde-haired and blue eyes, because there's a, a gene in there that will allow you to flip that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's eugenics at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and so and this was Margaret Sanger. Yeah, this was Margaret Sanger uh, here in America yep. and exactly. um, uh, Dr. Mengele in, in the Nazis. Uh, and, of course, Sanger preceded the Nazis. Uh, people don't realize that. <laughs> but Well, Sanger was an interesting case because she you know, believed in the sterilization of the unfit so mm-hmm. that they couldn't produce. We've got a similar thing going on in Iceland right now where they want you to do amniocentesis, and if you're carrying a Down's child, they want you to abort because they're trying to eliminate down syndrome. Now, they're mm-hmm. not going to eliminate it because that's an error rate in the production of either egg or sperm, where one, you know, a cell splits in half to become, you know, a, a sperm and a guy. And if the split is imprecise, where one entire package of chromosomes, say chromosome 22, all, or actually it's 21, goes over to one egg and then the other egg or the other sperm doesn't have a 21 in it, that's what gives you Down syndrome. You know, where one of the parents gives you two of one chromosome, and you get the third one from the other parent, and you have three of them. There's one of the few instances where you can have three chromosomes of a certain type and still survive. Usually those children, um, they're uh, miscarried very early on. But there's only uh, three of them that can actually get through with uh, an extra chromosome in the set. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's eugenics. So one person's, you know, disease cures, another person's, you know. Yeah, I gave a speech one year at a... Um, at a pro-life rally, and one of the men who also gave a speech that day was diagnosed early on with a genetic disorder, and there was a conversation about should he be aborted, and you know, and the, that his his speech was powerful. Okay, his speech was powerful because he had some some outward signs uh, that. You know, something had went awry, but his mind was sharp. Yeah. Well, thankfully, his uh, 
parents uh, didn't look upon him as an inconvenience that they would take what the Lord gave him and yes. and proceed on, whether a child lives for a couple of days or lives you know, 40 years mm-hmm. with that condition. Yeah, um, yeah. But so now, is this would be what you would call the dark side of the new uh, reproductive realities uh, with all this technology? And uh, where are the uh, where are where are the lines to be drawn? Well, that's the problem. Is, is this technology is so far ahead of like you know I was talking about the law, but it's ahead mm-hmm. of morality and ethics. We have to process. I mean, like a gun. DNA technology is is inert. It's neither good nor evil. It's, it's what you do with this tool. Mm-hmm. If I use it to, to correct a disease, if I can CRISPR somebody who's got cystic fibrosis and actually give them the gene they need to process mucus and so they can breathe, then they're not going to die at a very young age. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But if I decide that I'm going to try and purify the race or or you know create the wrath of Khan, I mean, that guy was a product of genetics. You know, he was, he was a eugenics guy to make him super strong, super smart, so he can conquer the world. That's not so good an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what the Nazis were after, you know, using breeding techniques, you know, the way you breed a, a German shepherd to get a purebred. Yeah, um, the Superman. It, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the Ubermensch was, you know, the process of breeding technology, which we've been using for animals for many years in order to create a superior breed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a way you could actually, if you know the, art, the attributes, the genes that cause certain things, you know, density of brain cells, um, you know, if you're, you're a Nazi, you, know, you, you, you want the Aryan race, and of course they weren't Aryans, those are the, the Nordic people that were, you know, the, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed people, you know, Hitler certainly wasn't one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a brunette, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's spooky, the kind of things you can do, and of course I just show you just a, a simple con, really, um, exploiting the fact that we trust DNA tests mm-hmm. so much that if you knew how to spoof the data... You can make a lot of money making people think, you know, you know t- take an honest man who would never cheat on his wife and say, hey, you had a baby out of wedlock, and I'm going to tell everybody unless you pay me off. <laughs> wow. And, and the DNA test says you're daddy. You know, take this uh-huh. into a court of law, that court's going to, you know, find you over, and you're going to be responsible for this child. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Now, you know you didn't do it, but nobody else is going to believe you. Yeah, yeah. I just saw an episode of The Americans <laughs> where they uh, ran a scam on a guy, and they did that, and he was faithful to his wife, but they tricked him into thinking he had fathered a child out of wedlock and due to being drunk or they drugged him. And uh, they got some trade secrets out of him. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, yeah these things can happen. Wow. Well, I mean, Graham famously would not even get into an elevator with a woman alone because he didn't want to have that he said, she said situation. Right. And, uh, and this is a thing where, you know, you were at a conference and you think it's one, but another way at a one night stand, I didn't ever did that. Mm-hmm. And, but you do the DNA test and you think the DNA test is going to clear you and it doesn't. Wow. I mean, that, that's a scary thought that's affected. Yeah, that technology. is. Yeah, that is a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> but that this is the world, and you know the thing about it. You you're absolutely right. The uh, it's just like a gun. You you know they they say the only thing that helps you when there's a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Exactly. Yeah, and the gun is in is not neither good nor bad. The guy holding it is good or bad. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no, no different than a hammer. I mean, a bad guy with a hammer is still a bad guy, and he's going to hurt you with that hammer. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is fascinating. Now, any uh, have any of your your uh, books been made into film? They have not. I've had a few people sniff, but nobody from Hollywood has sent me a check yet. Oh wow, wow. Oh, okay, oh, okay. I did oh. have one of my books pirated. Pirated. 
Yes, my uh, my fifth novel, The Secret Cardinal, the Spanish version of it, was pirated in Venezuela and sold across Latin America and did very well. I was in the bestseller list for 100 weeks in Venezuela and uh, four months in Uruguay. That's where it actually broke into the top ten, but it sold very well in other places. Oh, wow. Never got paid a dime. <laughs> you know, this is Associated <laughs> Press reporting it. That, 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 yeah, I was on this bestseller I didn't know about it for until a year later. Wow. What's the uh, legal system like for uh, for uh, intellectual property protection uh, in, in that part of the world? Well, Venezuela under Chavez and now Maduro is um, Say a no. national socialist. Mm-hmm. Um, Say no they're more. Really, uh, they're entitled to uh, re- respecting the intellectual property rights of anyone yeah. who's not affiliated. The state owns everything is right. in their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's communism for you. Communism, socialism, fascism. I call them the coalition of evil. <laughs> and that they are. Yeah, And they'll keep you know, running until they run out of other people's money to spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, now if you were to uh, say uh, Nolan Kilkenny would be made into a um, movie hero, uh, who, what actor would you think has, uh, would have him nailed? There's been a lot of good ones. Um, Wahlberg might be able to do it very well. Um, I think he could handle that. Mm-hmm. And it, it depends on on which book that I'm looking at. Nolan's kind of in his, his late uh, 20s, early 30s when we first meet him. Now, he's aging a lot slower than I am. He was my age when I started writing him, and now I'm mm-hmm. a lot older than he is. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, age him. So that's thing. He's got a lot of my characteristics in him. And it's like, yeah. He's a much younger guy than I am because his timeline moves yeah. differently. Yeah, you have to age him real slow. Like the like the Broccoli family, they aged um, uh, James Bond real slow. <laughs> well, like they, they keep bringing a new one in, and every now and then they have to sort of reboot it and bring it up because you know, he's yeah. possibly been fighting the Cold War in the 50s, and I'll still be a young you know, 30-something uh, yeah. in the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, look, it's fascinating. But look, we're up against our bottom of the hour break. Tell the folks one last time the book and where to, where they can get it. Uh, the novel is undeniable. It's a no, the sixth Nolan Kilkenny thriller. It's available everywhere. It's in hardcover. It's in audiobook, and it's in ebook. So if you like to read it on your iPad or your phone or whatever, it's there for you too. And it should be everywhere, or they can get it everywhere. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm going to get into this book, and uh, we're going to see about, um, you know, see, see see if maybe we can get him on the silver screen. He sounds, yeah. he well, sounds fascinating. Like one, you'll also like the standalone thriller, The Liberty Intrigue, in which I have a uh, self-made a billionaire outside political guy decided to make a run for the president of the United States against oh. a committed political leftist. <laughs> I was only four years too early. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we, we, have, we have 15 seconds to break, but look, thank you so much, and God bless you. All the best with the book. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, all right. Bye now.